Hello and welcome to the Top Red Podcast with me, Dave, Julian and me. This week is, well, just Josh. It's just Josh. Josh. Yeah, alright. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, by the time this is out, like, Shane could be a dad. Well, yeah, so Shane's... Crazy. ...off doing, um, you know, like, baby, real life... Baby things. Stuff. Yeah, real life things. Um, so... Yeah, that's why he isn't here. He may not be here for the foreseeable, I guess, depending on what the situation is with the rest of the end of the season. But um, anyway, if you can throw all your good energy and good wishes over to Shane, because um, I think life's about to hit him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, um, talking about life hitting you in the face, the Reds. Another pretty... Just, just keep winning. Well, yeah, I, I, I was going to say it's been a pretty stressful week. I, I, it, it probably is like looking at it beforehand, but like yeah. the actual week itself. I mean, what games What games is it? Is it Villarreal and Newcastle? Are they the ones? Yeah. I've lost track of where we are, to be honest. Yeah, Villarreal and Newcastle. Um, we're, we're, we're past that, like, that grim period where it was like a derby every five days. Yeah, yeah, and like... We're just playing teams who have everything to fight for. It's just like, oh, can he be arsed? Like, I think obviously when we get past this weekend, we're just playing teams that should be on the beach. And I mean, to be fair, like Eddie Howe went into the game this weekend, kind of briefing the press like a bit of a Billy Big Bollocks about, mm. you know, we've won six in a row at home, and you know we can go out and have a go at them. Um, I just and... want to have a look at the teams that they've won against at home because I don't think I don't think it's a single decent footballing outfit yeah um yeah six in a row at home where's the Liverpool game Uh, uh, I can't see it not there so they they beat Crystal Palace Leicester Wolves um Brighton Aston Villa Everton it's not hard it, yeah, it's it, it's like a list of of teams. And they're all like one goal victories as well. One goal victories. Eddie Howe, this you know attack minded media darling prick. Um, one goal victories over the likes of Everton. It's like, oh, well done, congratulations. Yeah, I think I think the St James's Park crowd were were developing some kind of chip on the shoulder. Yeah, well, I think they already have developed the chip on the shoulder, so it doesn't take much to really also, rile they, them up. They also have the Petro State Sports Washing Derby on Sunday. Oh, at the Etihad, where they'll just be, you know, standing arm in arm with each other, claiming that, you know, oil states aren't bad. Amanda Stavely and yeah, whatever Mubarak and Mubarak. Yeah, and and Hold, and holding hands. And the crowd holding hands talking about oil prices. And... <laughs> Who there? Stoned on this weekend. But anyway, we can talk about Newcastle a bit. We can start with Villarreal. Um, I was in the cup for the first time in wow. 17 years, which makes me feel old. Yeah. Uh, the last time yeah. I was in the cop, Didier Drogba dunked on us in a Marseille shirt in the UEFA Cup. That's how long ago it's been. All um, those kids out there, Didier Drogba used to play for Chelsea. Um, yeah. he, was a, he was a really, really annoying striker because he was actually really quite good. Yeah, and then before that, he played for Marseille, which is even more like in the annals of history. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was in the cop. Which is unusual for myself. Um, but alas, my auto cup situation is the best this season, as I've ranted about in the past. Um, so I ended up in the cup for this one, which was pretty cool because, you know, being in the cup for the European semi, I can't really complain. Especially when it was such a dominant, one sided semi final as well. You, you could hear Anfield was almost reaching fever pitch. As we got closer and closer, just that clean sheet because two one is a completely different thing. I know away goals aren't in it, but the the two nil just feels it felt so. It was obviously so controlled. It was 
so professional. Villarreal had one shot, and it's just like Champions League semi-final. We were saying it felt a little bit like Roma a few years ago. Uh, it didn't quite get to that level because Unai Emery actually kind of knows what he's doing. But I was just so shocked at how easy we made that look. And I think 2-0 was fair. I don't feel like we we rude very much. I don't think we should be thinking, oh, we should have been 3-4 like we did um, at Benfica. But yeah, I, mean, I, I just think Emery, Villarreal just don't have enough to turn that around. They're not the most expansive team at the best of times. I can't see us not scoring tomorrow. I don't see Villarreal scoring two, let alone three if we do. So, yeah, I think it's all roads or all signs point to Paris, really. And another one, another final ticked off in terms of getting there, hopefully. And it's just, yeah, it was really, it was a really, really cool game, I thought. Really cool. Yeah, I think we could really do without um, say John Lovren clattering the ball off James Milner's head mm. when we go to the... Um, Ceramica, I guess next week. Uh, we don't really want to give them anything, but yeah, um, they, they were trying to they were trying to get pretty shit uh fight, particularly on Diaz because Diaz absolutely had the winning of him. Like every single time, the opportunity was there for him to take on. Um, so yeah, we we we, I mean, if they come out, they just do exactly what we want. We can get Salah and Mane in behind and. I'm, I I might even be tempted not even to put. I, I know we'll get onto the score predictions for the for the second leg later, um. But I know Shane's put, uh, Diaz as his goal scorer tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it is tomorrow, isn't it? Tomorrow, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I I wouldn't even start Diaz to be completely honest with you. I think Diaz is ideal for that out ball, but I'm not really sure we'll even need it. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe, but I I just can't see us. Being I think dominated he, he, to the point think, you need it. I think he'll start, but I think it'll be one of those. He'll be he'll be the one off at sixty if it's if we're in the position to do so. Yeah, so uh, got important game on Saturday as well, where he'd I think, be quite quite useful. I think it's fairly underrated that defending. I mean, you you can use just a, the threat of a lineup to mm. defend in itself. So if you've got three players in Jota, Mane, and Salah that can all get in behind, it will be enough of a threat that you'd imagine Villarreal wouldn't push on too much I don't think um, they will anyway to be honest I think do you not think I think they could I, I, I think half I mean yeah they have to but I, I think Emery, uh, Emery's very he'll know about that threat and they'll they'll do that classic opposition thing against Liverpool where you're caught in two minds do you go do you stay do you do you attack do you wait and every team that does that against Liverpool gets five pasted past them because they're so indecisive. And I just think that will be... I don't think it'll be five, but I think it'll be an incredibly comfortable game for us. It wouldn't surprise me if they went one and up early, to be honest, and get their tails up and start to get a little bit ahead of themselves. And that's the sort of thing that we'd react really well to. We obviously rotated against Newcastle, so we should be pretty fresh. Uh, Salah already played 20 minutes, Trent 20 minutes. Um, did Thiago even come on? I don't think he did, did he? Um, weekend, did yeah. Oh, did he? I, I, I switched off in the second half, to be honest. Um, so we're, we're, we're fresh and up for it. I just don't think they'll have anywhere near enough to cause us any problems, really. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um... But yeah, as you were saying, that the, the it it seems as though they tried quite a few ways to get out in the first leg, and they just couldn't really do it at all. Don't get me wrong, they they had no real out ball without Gerard Moreno on the pitch, but at the same time, neither really did Everton, and they still found at least a way to get in behind in that game. Um, it's not like Gerard Moreno really isn't the worst goalkeeper. In the world, with the ball at his feet, he's arguably the worst in the world at everything else. Because my lord, <laughs> I, I think we flagged up before the game, didn't we? It's like yeah. you, you look at Argentinian defenders, and you don't really want that in your goalkeeper, and he just kind of proved everything. Yeah, he's <laughs> we, not a goalkeeper for a Champions League semi-final. Yeah, he's he's 
he's a nervy ass goalkeeper. Like he's, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I d- this is a theme with Raul Albiol playing centre back as well. Like and that, that in itself limits you for what you can do. Exactly. Yeah. And Juan Foyt, as we said, isn't particularly, as you said, Diaz was all over him. Um, they're not. They haven't got a team of a. They haven't got a great back four that you can trust to really. They've got they got Sergio there though, which is the weird thing. So I mean, you could potentially move Foyth inside and start. Yeah, but he, did you see Aurier's interview before the game? No. And he came out and basically said, "Yeah, I I'm a bit all over the place, but that's just how I play." And it's just like, oh, mate, you don't admit to that. You don't <laughs> admit that you're just not a very good defender. When you you could be uh, playing against one of Diaz, Mane, or Jota one on one with you, Mane's too smart for him. Diaz will just burn him, and Jota, not Jota's Jota, he'd probably probably make it quite easy to defend against sometimes. But I really hope they go with Aurier, um, and just out and out fullbacks because Salah and whoever plays on that left hand side will have an absolute field day. Um, the only I mean, thing they've they, got you know, to. Yeah, they have to. I mean, the only thing they're struggling with, obviously, is is injuries. They had to play, you know, midfielder at, on the left last week. Um, you know, you really want your, your your wide players wide, and they're having to play, you know, wide players through the middle to to fit the the way they wanted to play. And I just think I feel sorry for them in a way because their season has kind of just been derailed with Moreno just not being available for the biggest game they've had in decades, really. Um, and I think as soon as he went out, for me, it was just kind of like, well, that's exactly that's perfect because he gets it to stick. They couldn't get anything to stick last week, and they'll they'll struggle again tomorrow, uh, doing exactly the same. So Moreno's injury has kind of almost nullified them and made this a pretty comfortable a comfortable tie and and it's more comfortable for Man- than Man City at the end of the day they've got a horrendous game on Wednesday when let's face it, it when there's only one goal in it I don't want to you don't want to play Real Madrid even if you've play your best game or you are better than they're, they're clearly better than Real Madrid and they only Managed to win it 4-3 because Real Madrid have seemed to still have the European Cup dark arts firmly embedded in their team, despite it changing over the last few years. So we're in a perfect position. They're not. I don't like constantly talking about Man City, but I feel like we just have to with it only being a point. They that It could all... And we don't want to play them in the final either. So we obviously prayed that Kareem would save us. He partially did. He's done half of his job. Just hope he goes out on Wednesday and finishes it because I do not want to play Man City in in the final. Yeah, all. but again, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about Man City for five ten minutes. Look at that the Leeds game the other day. They might have won four 0 but they were hardly the best uh, value for it, really. And I don't think they've been very good. I mean, to be honest, it's probably compared to the standards that we've set. Yeah. But I don't think they've been. I think if they get a really, if if they get a really good low block against them, and I'm looking at West Ham, um, you're looking at Wolves, you're looking at you look at Gerard knows how to set a team up to frustrate, and I think one of you mentioned it the other day, the other week. You can't tell us that Gerard isn't going to try. And stop them. I know there's nothing really for Villa to play for, but sometimes when there's nothing to play for, impacting the title race is almost something else to play for. That's why I'm not entirely comfortable playing like Southampton and Villa and things like that, because there is that edge for them to kind of put themselves in the spotlight a little bit, you know, and say, look. There's nothing for us in the game, but you can affect the title race if you if if we do something today. Yeah, I mean, it, you look at the kind of things Gerard's been saying, um, Villa recently about, you know, if if players aren't good enough, then they'll go stuff like this. Uh, he, he did similar in his first year at Rangers as well before he kind of remodeled the squad. But if 
that is the kind of thing that the players react to, and don't get me wrong, some players don't, so it's not really a given that they will, but if, if you're really looking to impress Steven Gerrard and that Aston Villa squad, then you've got that City game earmarked. Yeah. Like, that, that uh, is the one game. You, you have to, and, and they'll have the Liverpool game earmarked as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be anything. Gerrard won't throw it. He's he's too professional for that. Um, he might. Well, no, yeah, look, look at the way he set up at Anfield. Like, yeah. It was might, horrible. He might, yeah, but he might not. Um, I don't think it'll be that bad. Yeah, he won't drill it into them as much as he might for Man City. Um, but because Man City's the te- the true test, I think if you could deal with Man City and you can, they they just uh, seem to have that aura around that we don't have. It's a chance know, to put the club in the limelight, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's a chance to go. We are we were the ones that decided the title race. It's you know, I mean Chelsea. Look, as big as Chelsea, as much as Chelsea have won recently. They still talk about the fact that they decided the title race in in twenty what twenty fourteen eight years ago, you know. Yeah. Even though at one point they had a chance to win the bloody thing themselves, so, and that's. I think I I I just look at Man City's fixtures as well. You just think how many teams they've still got to play that have something to play for. I mean, if West Ham if West Ham don't get through on Thursday. They need to get something in the league games to That's qualify for Europe final, again. Yeah, yeah so um, Frankfurt, for me, have done us a massive favour by beating them on Thursday last week. Um, I watched bits of it and West Ham had that thing where they were expected to win. And I think that's always where Moyes has struggled slightly. He loves it when he could play a mid to low block and just pick teams up on the break. Frankfurt wouldn't let them do that. Frankfurt were like, no, you come on to us. And you could tell West Ham were not built for that at all. And it might be similar again on Thursday. I can't, I can't believe we've got to a point in the season where we need Eintracht Frankfurt to get a result against West Ham to give us a chance, a bigger chance of winning the league. <laughs> Football, eh? But we need Frankfurt to go through because I, I, I know Wolves are been earmarked for a long time as that team but they just seem to have fallen off a cliff yeah I mean, and to be fair that their underlying numbers have been pretty shocking all yeah. season again that, now. that little spark of you know it's man city it's the title race it's europe as a as a three changes changes things they've always done well against city at molyneux um i'd rather have nuno in charge of them for the game than bruno large or whatever how you pronounce his name but we can live in hope, can't we? I think I, deep down I've kind of conceded it almost. And because if we just think, yeah, they're going to win every game now, it doesn't hurt quite as much. <laughs> come the come twenty days time when we're we're doing exactly the same, where we're, we're kind of sending our boys off to Paris rather than celebrating potential league title. But we could hope, we can dream. I had, um, I had, uh, I. I had hope sapped out of me in that Leeds game because it, it, it's kind of like a crushing realisation that you've got to rely on these absolute loads of shite to get a result. Like uh, Some yeah. of the, the football Leeds were playing the other day was just abysmal. And even then, uh, Leeds had chances in that game. Yeah, they caused and, them more problems than I thought they would. They were conceding from from set pieces, and don't get me wrong, uh, Liverpool are the embodiment of set pieces being a valid way of scoring yeah. goals like it's not anything to be ashamed of but it's proven less um reliable to you know users and, and scoring avenue but leads were just just oh leads were just well, they, they were they were absolutely terrible and they gave up at 2-0 i mean when i i literally turned it on uh when just as jesus scored it literally the ball forward and played the ball through to it was him, a like, really nice ball yeah, it was a lovely pass, but Leeds were just so open. Like Jesus is standing, and there's a centre back ten yards one way. And I think he kind of makes it look like he's going to go the other way, though, which means that the defender can't gamble inside. It's yeah, it's... but I never had any any hope for for Leeds whatsoever. I didn't think that was a game. I thought they, they challenged was... them a bit more. I mean, he kind of did up until soon, as you said, but then fucking you end up getting beat four 0 uh, as much as it probably won't even. Come into play, are 
bloody uh, goal difference evaporates. Actually, I don't, th- I don't think it'll come down to goal difference, though. No, I, I don't think it will, but it was always nice to have, you know what I mean, take them on a high ground if you lose to the league by a point. That's, I, 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 goals. <laughs> to be fair, goal difference only really comes into play if, what, they... If they lose and we win, we can afford a draw, maybe, if our goal difference is there. But um, I can only see City drawing a game. But as you say, it was nice to have it um, as that buffer if we needed it. But I'm just getting sick and tired again. Of I said I wouldn't be like 18-19, where you're incessantly watching them play, hoping. I said I'd switch off from it and kind of just drift in and out when they're playing, but I've been just watching it, watching it, watching it every game, waiting. I mean, Leeds, it was, what, 20 minutes? You're just thinking, oh, God, it's not going to happen. Like That Palace game, I actually went out and watched it, and it finished as a draw, and I was like, oh, my word. I'm but... not, not going to get kind of, like, wound up in the way a lot of people seem to be doing and, and looking back at points of the season and kind of blaming... Oh yeah, that that's all gone. To the season. That's it's, it's ridiculous. City had their points in the season. It's why the gap's only one one point. Oh, yeah, City had their points in the season. We had our points in the season. That's how football can football works. Play. It's thirty eight games, isn't it? And you're not going to be perfect in every single one of them. City should have beat Palace four nil. If they lose the league, they might look back to there. But it, we should have beat Brentford. We should have beat Leicester. It happens. Well, City should have beat us. <laughs> City yeah. should have beat us at the Etihad. Like. It should be as Anfield, to be fair, as well. So, yeah. It, it happens both ways. It is what it is, but I don't see the point. I, I, as I said, I, I, I quote tweeted the, that stupid, ridiculous tweet that somebody's made of all the chances that have been missed at certain points of the season. Um, of, like, I, I, honestly, people do just love to used football as a source of anger or or whatever. Yeah, obviously people use football as an outlet for different things, but yeah, like we win four trophies. They can win four trophies, don't it doesn't matter if we don't win one. Yeah you'd love to win the league, but you know, if we win the other three, it's still probably the best season we've had in 30 years. Yeah, I mean, people are comparing this to 2018 19. I mean, that's not because like, we could do a double, the, the domestic trophy double as well as the Champions League. It's completely different to 2018 19. It's not the same in any way whatsoever. But yeah, um, I guess people just want to make the parallels, but. I mean, the yeah. only thing that is similar is that it is just one point again. It's the only similarity. Well, yeah, and it'll probably get to the end of the season. We win the Champions League, they win the Premier League, and both, who's, both who's clubs will be happy to, to, to swap trophies. Yeah, it's yeah. like... <laughs> Although number seven does sound quite nice. Yeah, number seven sounds nice, but it's good to knock them off the fucking pitch as well over in Manchester. Mm, yeah, it is, but you you can't tell me we're not going to be a serious serious force next season in the league well yeah um, i mean we we can get on to to Klopp extending but like the it kind of all quiet on the western front whilst we wait to see what happens with city now as well whether or not guardiola follows 20, 2025 they've said is it potentially that he signs till is it i don't know i know i know he's potentially He's out of contract next season. Yeah, again. But he he will not leave until he wins the Champions League with them. I could see him leaving next year if he wins it this year. If he wins the Champions League this year, I think he'll leave. Yeah, I don't think he'll leave because I don't think he's got anywhere else to go that is in a better position to win the Champions League. I just think he'd love to manage Messi again. That's the one kind of uh... one thing that they've got that could tempt him away. Nobody else has got anything more than what City have. I think the only club he probably would join in terms for for resources maybe or the the passion of it all is probably us. Really. Um but nobody else really has anything special to offer him that City can't already offer. 
Yeah, Klopp's very sentimental, isn't he? He's very emotional. He'd probably go back to Dortmund if he left us rather than go and seek out his next big project. I think he'd manage Dortmund, Germany, and then call it a day. Yeah, no, I think he's going to call it a day soon. Anyway, I think there was a mention in one of the articles after he did um, renew something along the lines of there's a home being built in Germany for when he does retire. That's not going to be finished until after 2024 anyway. Yeah. So, I think obviously depending on maybe the national team situation um, over in Germany by then. I'd, to be honest, I think I think England will be happy to take him on as manager as well. Yeah. Whether he'd be happy to, to be England manager, I don't know, but... um. I think that there are probably a couple in that. Obviously, there's more than two national shows, but I think there's only two that would appeal to him. Um, yeah, he wants to speak the language, doesn't he? Obviously, he's made a big deal of that throughout his career, and they're the two, aren't they? German and English that he can really speak. So they're the only two, as you say, managerial jobs I think he would even consider. Yeah, if Southgate goes off to the next World Cup after Qatar, mm. then... I don't know, you never know, but yeah, so four more years of our year again. And Ula, I guess. Ula Klopp's been getting all kinds of um love. Adul- adulation, yeah, she's the she's the new queen of Liverpool. Yeah. Um obviously she was in the concourse at the Etihad. With a big all love in for her that day. Um, hopefully she'll be on a wheelie well it wasn't a wheelie bin was it it was just a bin in the middle of town again yeah jumping up and down get her on some traffic lights just get her on some scaffolding to be honest we could help unveil her statue as well well yeah but next week we've got Tottenham ugh ugh (laughs) Yeah, this it's is like probably the, the one major banana it, skin. This is it, yeah. This really is it. I still don't think they're the complete package. And no, if you but look, I, if you, I think we will enable them to play like the complete package. Oh, we are the perfect foil to... Well, they are, they are what... We are Conte's dream opponent in terms of setup. Um, But you just got to think how we played against them with Tyler Morton in midfield and... No Van Dyke as well, or something. It was we still outplayed them, just didn't take our chances and some very poor refereeing decisions as usual. Um, I just don't want to watch the game. It's the one game I don't want to watch. Um, because Son and Kane just seem to just be on it, absolutely on it at the moment, and they are they are fighting for everything as well. They've obviously got a huge game against Arsenal soon which basically decides the top four, really. And they need to get as many wins as they can under their belt. And Oh, I just... No, not for me. Not for me on Saturday. Yeah, it's probably going to be another game where I kind of just rue Klopp, kind of just going at things, as he always, as he always does. Um, but they know how we all set up. It's more about us knowing what they're It'd be interesting if they stick with their 3-4-3 or put an extra one in midfield. And go 3-5-2 and leave, just leave Kane and Son up there. Because that I think that's the only real question. Because they play is it Kurzewski they play on the right? And Kane and Son as a front three with just two in midfield. I think if they do that, it'll they'll be in trouble. Because we'll dominate them in midfield. And um really attack their wing-backs as well because they're not the strongest. Uh, is it Emerson Royale playing there at the moment? And I don't even know who's at left wing-back because Regalon's not fit. So I think we'll we'll have their number in terms of going forward. We just have to deal with them in transition. And if we do that, I mean, it's definitely a game for you for a workhorse midfield with Thiago in there. Um, 
but just stopping them is the, is will be the key thing if we can pin them back and don't give them any sort of out ball i think we'll be absolutely fine it's if we let them do what they did uh in the return game and constantly get son and kane against the back two we'll be in we'll be in trouble there but it would just be interesting to see what shape they go for. I think they go three five two personally and put an extra midfielder in to help win that battle and really leave Kane and Son to do their thing. But um, it'll be interesting to see because Kulusevski's been a really, really important part of the way they've played recently. So it'd be a big call for Conte to make in terms of uh, which which way he goes. I think it might be a three five two with just. Uh... Kane and Son up front. I think that's mm. similar to how they played, as far as I remember. Um, in yeah, they did. It was, it was December, wasn't it? Mm. Um, where it was just Kane drops deep, turns and quick ball Sons off. Drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you just know Conte is going to be like a. Dog driller knows offside traps all week. <laughs> yeah. Um, because and they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll be doing they'll, some. They'll, 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 it'll be set pieces as well and things like that. Set just pieces be... don't worry me too much. So yeah, 3 5 2. We had Morton, Milner, and Cater as a midfield three. Yeah, and Paul Morton was just gone after like 45, 60 minutes. I think yeah. after that point, it was the point that Klopp was like, because he, he does tend to do that with the young kids where they have about six months in the starting 11. Well, in and around the squad and in some starting 11s. And then she has, um, they have another three to six months kind of completely out of the fold. I don't know whether it's he's, to digest things or what. But... He's doing it with Elliot at the moment, isn't he? Elliot's yeah. had nothing recently. Yeah. He's done it with Jones about four times. Yeah. <laughs> um. He's got a, he's got a very interesting summer coming ahead. I think. Yeah, yeah I I could I could see Jones going out on loan next year. Yeah. To Villa, to Villa probably. Yeah, he needs he needs to go somewhere. I mean, the Villa aren't going to have Coutinho next year. There is your Coutinho replacement. Yeah, I think personally. Not as quick. As Coutinho, but pretty similar kind of player. I don't really think, as much as he can play that centre midfield role, I don't think he is a centre midfielder. No, no, I don't think so. At all. And that is just kind of what we were doing with Coutinho and fitting a square peg in a round hole. And it's not really fair, I guess. To be honest, I'd rather if he's not going to get any time, let him go. I, I, I hate the low market with a passion. Yeah. But, that's no annoying. club manipulates it better for our own gain. Maybe Chelsea, actually. Well, yeah, Chelsea. <laughs> well, I mean, we're getting linked with them um, right back from Aberdeen now, so that kind of suggests that Nico Williams might be on the move as well. Yeah. I've never heard of that right back from Aberdeen. No, but he did win the Scottish Young Player of the Year. Oh, he must be. He they must love, be good. They love a fucking fullback in Scotland, don't they? Jesus yeah. Christ. It's amazing how all their best players are as fullbacks. Well, at least they've got a right side of one now. Yeah, hell yeah. Your two best players you've had in in years are both playing in the same position. And like Kieran Tierney as a left centre back. Yeah. It's incredibly well, Scotland. Yeah. When he's fit. You know, because he wears shorts in the cold, stuff like that. Quite niche. Um, but yeah, so we've been linked with that kid. And um, obviously, I'm sure it's everyone's aware, too many from. Monaco, who can't nobody, lie. Don't nobody just no, but nobody just seems to be denying that, do they? I think. Yeah, no. There's obviously just... something in it. I think there's just been an an acknowledgement that Real Madrid are also in for them, so it will I, be. I, I think it's Mbappe or him, in terms of the finances. Um, but yeah, they only want fifty million euros. You know what we're like. You could probably get that down to thirty-five. We're pretty good at that. Um, but yeah, I've, I don't have. I've never watched him. No clue what he's like, what he's good at. What well, we've got a bit is. of a habit of going back to clubs. Yeah, for, 
certain um, certain moves. I mean, we've done it quite a few times. Obviously, Roma with Allison and and Salah. They just make good relationships, don't we? Well, yeah, yeah. That that's the thing. I mean, I, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, saw the, the the club socials and stuff, kind of praising the Villarreal fans and whatnot. And it's kind of, it's it's clever stuff to do. You know, even if you subsidise getting the fans there and stuff like that for the opposition. In some ways, for these smaller clubs, especially the likes of Villarreal, who, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't think we'll sign the likes of Arno, Dan Juma and Chukwetzi and all these players, but... Um, you never know who they're going to have in three, yeah, three years. It's it's good to have those relationships with teams. Um, I mean, personally, I'd love to get Alberto Moreno back. Just, yeah, that would be my dream deal. It, it, yeah. It's the same with Porto, isn't it? Like, yeah. We've played well. I mean, we've slapped them around Europe about three times <laughs> in the last five years. But we've obviously, on those occasions, established a pretty good relationship with them to the point that, and and doing what we did with the Diaz, like forwarding money over before we were even yeah. supposed to, in order helping them out. Just turn. yeah, yeah. It's just kind do, of mean things. I do think as well. We've got Julian Ward, obviously now sporting director. What's coming out in terms of through the press, I think he seems to be a little bit more aggressive than Edwards in terms of the way he wants to do things. Um, obviously, he played a big part in the Diaz deal. He's got a lot of links with Portugal. But, well, yeah, he used to be a scout, didn't he, over there? Yeah, but we're seeing a lot of things like, yeah, the squad, we're gonna, there's going to be signings this season. We're normally quite reserved when it comes to um, making that information known. We obviously went for Diaz early because of Tottenham, but we did that quickly and quietly. I just think there's a Edwards was very happy to sit and wait for a lot of things. I think Ward just there's there's just little inklings that he's going to be a little bit more aggressive with the with the squad evolution than Edwards might have been, which is great. I think if you want to stay on the top, you have to keep things fresh. You can't just go through a cycle of three or four years where you change nothing because then um, they can get stale or your motivation just, you know, drifts away. So I think sort of having an aggressive sporting director who will continually keep things fresh is maybe another reason why Klopp thought, yeah, let's do another couple of years because, you know, I don't think he was being a hundred percent happy with how things have been done while he's been here. He'll never let on like that, but, Things have obviously he's he's delivered some of the greatest moments that FSG will ever have and fans will ever have, and he, I don't think he's been backed personally um, as well he, as he could have been. But I just think now it seems to be that Liverpool are going to go through a bit more of an aggressive phase in recruitment, and that might be more aggressive in terms of outgoings as well. We might see. The club become a little bit more ruthless. Obviously, we're still holding, it seems to be standing firm over Salah. Whereas a couple of years ago, if we had the option we're in now, we'd have probably buckled to what Salah wanted to keep him as a a sign of intent. But now we obviously know we are good enough, I would say, to deal with losing Salah if we did. We seem to be embracing this notion that we are, you know, a really big club now and we are in the top five in, in the world. In, in terms of places where people want to be. And I just think we seem to be acting like that, which is which is really nice. It's really nice and probably has, as I say, contributed to Klopp thinking, yeah, another two years will be, will be a really nice thing to do. And I, I can't see us not winning a Premier League title or two in that time up till 2026. Well, yeah, Klopp it, it, it renewing, does, it makes Ward's job quite a bit easier because he's not facing as many awkward questions I made that joking jest when uh, he, he extended that obviously it makes things easier for getting Mbappe over the line but if you're looking to get deals that are pretty massive over the line yeah, Mbappe is just a good example because but I mean he's, he's made it pretty well known that he admires Klopp a lot Um, so you know, having the manager tied down for another four years does help a lot in those negotiations. I think Klopp even said it himself, didn't he? In his um, yeah, 
It just points to, secu- points to security, doesn't it? Just you will have one of the world's greatest managers managing you for a good period of time. Well, yeah. And what what more do you want? I mean, a, a sure many, for example, it's just like Mocha Fabinho. Like, yeah, you play for literally the exact same club you're playing for. Came here, had six months off the team, and then bang, he's, he's been in it ever since. Um, I, I haven't watched too much of Chiuameni. I'm not even going to sit here and pretend. To be honest, I've seen a lot of hype around him from fans of other clubs, particularly United fans, because I think United have been linked with him a bit. Um, really is a Fabinho. Yeah, um, yeah. Fabinho copycat, isn't it? Um, but, I mean, I had a quick look at his numbers, and he seems, numbers-wise, anyway, obviously this is without watching too much. I've watched tiny bits, but that's it. Um, he just seemed like a complete all-rounder, which just ticks the boxes that Liverpool yeah. look for in the defender. I th- I, in the midfield, sorry. I, I do think, I'll, I'll have to double-check it, but one thing I do look at when Liverpool are linked to a player is the heading numbers, because we always yeah. seem to find players who are bizarrely good near. Um, funny enough, recently, um, obviously with... Diaz moving to the top five league as FB ref profile is finally being getting populated because that's the only data that they supply. And he is in like the top 80th percentile now <laughs> for aerial duels and stuff like that. So yeah, he, he wins 2.5, well, 2.47 aerial duels per 90, which amongst midfielders is in the 88th percentile, um, 98th percentile in interceptions and tackles, 83rd for progressive passes. 87th for shot, so that just gives you a bit of a quick idea of. Hey, look, he how sounds quite good. Is. He sounds quite good. Yeah, oh. I still think I still think Bellingham's the one, and I think Bellingham is the one. But I think Schumann think... could be maybe a bit of Henderson, Thiago. Yeah. After. We're going to need that because they're both 30, 31, aren't they? And Henderson, I think, will go long, will go longer than Thiago will. Um, I think we've only got maybe a, a three years of Thiago max at his best, just because of all the fitness issues he's had. Um, well, that that can work two ways though, can't it? I mean, I... oh bloody, too many six foot two. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's perfect. <laughs> but you never know; he might, he might that if you do get him, is that the transition to the, uh, a, you know, four two three one four four two, where you've got big. Number sixes who can deal with, you know, long balls or covering space, and is that going to be? We we sign maybe a number nine as well. You got Carvalho coming in, who's obviously more of a number ten than than an eight. So you know, these things could be pointing to a shift in the way we want to play. I mean, I never. A lot of the time we play a four-two-three-one anyway. The way that it's just that number eight being really high links to the right-hand side, and we defend in that shape a lot as well when uh, one of the centre mids um, I was I, I was pushes. watching Henderson against Villarreal, and as good as he was, it was just kind of thinking, imagine Drew Bellingham on that right yeah. side with his kind of drive and his ability to carry the ball. Um, it just seems kind of tailor-made, but the the words out of Dortmund seem to be reiterating that he won't be moving anywhere this summer. But I don't know, maybe some Naby Keita esque yeah deal gets done. Who knows? Or he goes back on loan, something like that. It, you know, could easily be. Well, yeah, God knows how how, how these transfers are structured. I, I was listening to um, I I well I wasn't listening to it, but. I, I heard TalkSport on the way back because I wouldn't listen to TalkSport. Absolutely not. Um, but they were at, it was after, I think it was after the VRL game and the, the car I was in go back at home and they were at the EFL Awards and they were speaking to Harry Wilson. Mm. Um, and Harry Wilson, they, they were mentioning about um, 
you know, now that he's been promoted to the Premier League, does that make his his deal to Fulham official? And he turned around and said his deal with from Liverpool to Fulham as official as soon as he played his first game for Fulham. Yeah. Which was bizarre. I don't know why or how, but obviously there's reasons for these things. So God knows how these deals are actually structured. But they're structured in bizarre, weird ways, like Anthony Martial having the Ballon d'Or clause. Yeah, that's that's so <laughs> that's that's so crafted, aren't they? And there's so many layers to it and clauses and what have you that you'll never know the true the true price someone ever goes for, which I like, but I also quite like to know how much the club's spending. And I know it's it always comes out around when that's your opposition, though. To be yeah. honest. Mm. No, Diaz was thirty-five million. He was never fifty million, but you know, Marshall was sixty. <laughs> yeah, that old chestnut. But uh, yeah, no, I was. I think it is going to be midfield in the summer. Obviously, Chimamani does sound available. Uh, it's just kind of swooping in there ahead of Real Madrid. To be honest, Real Madrid aren't even starting Camavinga at the minute. Casemiro looks as strong as ever. Um, obviously Modric is going to go but I don't really know where too many kind of fit I guess at Real Madrid um, no, I just think is Ancelotti the man you want to that's Real Madrid though isn't it mm. I, don't th- I don't think I don't think a, a 20 odd year old lad's going to be looking at Ancelotti I think they're going to be looking at Real Madrid and Playing with Benzema, he's probably made with Camavinga, you know, man, the fell on Menzies there. I just think, can they afford to spend 50 million when they're going to be giving Kylian Mbappe well, what he wants? Because mm. they're not flush for cash anyway. They had financial problems a couple of years ago. Well, Real Madrid, so. So the Barcelona, now they're building a brand new new camp. Well, not brand new new camp, but that. Well, essentially building the brand new new camp, the moving stadium and everything, the mm. commentator. Yeah. Um, but I, again, it is the, the financial side of these football clubs. There's always ways of cheating. True, always but I ways think of cheating. Does that too many deal then hinge on what happens in the Champions League this year? If Liverpool win the Champions League and Real Madrid don't even reach the final, who who does he look at? I know yeah. that's quite a short quite a narrow-minded short-term view of it but you look at the club that's got well would have had two champions league wins in three years four years um, i mean this this real madrid stuff was popping about with um with allison if you remember yeah um allison's wife supposedly wanted to move to madrid over liverpool if you believe the rumors and not that i could blame her um but you know, he ended up coming to Liverpool, obviously. And that all ties um, back in, as you say, with Klopp being here four years. Who's the best man now to convince people to join? He can do that, not as disingenuously as he might have done. Yeah, you can sign now, but I won't be here in two years. I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be here for the next four. Yeah, That's it's, a it's... huge stage for your development as a player. It's also the thing of Liverpool don't seem to have interest in players who don't have interest in them. So yeah. I don't think I think it would be getting denied if he didn't have an interest. He's obviously got a decision to make. We'll see what that decision is, whether he's made it or not. But I think the fact that it hasn't been turned down out of hand by the journalists who, you know, love to get the interaction on Twitter by doing so. It might, might, it might suggest something. He's, he's got a decision to make. It wouldn't shock me if he went to Real Madrid. It wouldn't shock me if he went to Liverpool. Um, it's just good to see that Liverpool are once again in for good players, to be honest. <laughs> for whatever reason, I, as much as I trust them, they could literally sign anybody and I'll probably trust them at this point. But to have that kind of validation each season is quite good, I guess. Especially when you compete with a team like City. You need it. Oh, yeah. It just needs freshening up in there, I think. Uh, in midfield, especially, I just think. Well, Oxley Chamberlain's going to go. We're talking about Jones potentially going. Milner. Mil- well, I could don't. Go, I, I think Milner's going to extend. Bad looks at things. Um, for another year, which again I'm not really bothered by, to be honest. 
I thought he played quite well against Newcastle. I thought he, I thought he played really well against Newcastle. I don't know whether he deserved man in the match life, but I think it's he, a great great tackle for the goal. Yeah, fucking don't get me started on Darren Fletcher for that. Jesus Christ! Sorry, talk, talk about talk about trying to start a narrative. Jesus Christ! Yeah, they were crying at him, weren't they? Oh my god! Um, but like. Listen, if, if if there's one thing I've learned under Klopp, it's that these these things that are belittled and, you know, I, we mentioned it last week with Chain, like the atmosphere and you know, having an atmosphere around the club and personalities and stuff like this. It, it is it's so vital to a football club, so if we can keep James Milner around for as long as we can keep him around. You know, it could even be coach. like a, yeah, coach, I was about to say, player coach role. Yeah, like... Maybe a link with the academy under... Vita Matos, potentially. Yeah. What role model? What better role model would you want than because James to completely Milner? Honest, I think I think there's going to be clubs lining up for James Milner in that kind of capacity because yeah, Leeds will be interested. Leeds will be interested. Yeah. Villa will be interested. Newcastle might be interested. Obviously, we've got him here now. If he's happy to stay, and it's what City did with um, City did it with Vieira, didn't they? That was the big one. Yeah, they yeah. Had, they had him at the tail end of his career, and then doing quite a lot with the academy. But it'll things. be the same with Henderson when when Henderson oh. inevitably retires. Yeah, hundred percent. Kind of. He, he, I mean, to be honest, I think Henderson might go to, back to Sunderland before he retires, which is why I don't think I, as much as people were crying at him when he signed this big long term deal. I think he'll if he's not getting the game time, he feels like he wants or deserves yeah. or whatever. I think I think he'll just go. I don't think he'll be one to sit around. Um and you know, we might go back to Sunderland or whatever for a while and then come back. But, you know, these are people that we need to keep around the club. It's just like back in the boot room days when we, we, we kept the likes of Dalgleish and, and all these players around the club. You know, yeah. Sunes as as much as it you know, it, it went tits up with the likes of Sunes in the nineties. Uh, a lot of things went tits up in the nineties, but these are people that you need to keep around the club. You don't need to make them manager like we did with Kenny and uh, and Sunes, but we need to keep them around the club as much as we can. It's, it's uh, I mean, it'll be the same with Robbo, you know. I mean, we're looking 10 years down the line here, but... You have to um, look that far, though, don't you? In, in professional sport, if you want continuity and you want sustained success, you have to think about these things now, uh, especially yeah, when you're sitting around the negotiating table. Yeah, it goes back to that boot room conversation that Klopp was having the other week. But obviously, BT did that um, that BT, that documentary in the boot room, yeah. and they were saying we're the new boot room, and yeah, like there's a philosophy that's been built there that can last the club ten, twenty years, as long as we we kind of you know stick to it, you know that. People make people make out as though the owners kind of stumbled across Klopp, and I mentioned it the other day with somebody put up the betting lines when Rogers was sacked, oh. and how close Klopp was to Ancelotti. Like a lot of people wanted Ancelotti at the time. Oh, it was like, so polarized, wasn't it? It, it wasn't. Of... It wasn't such an easy decision as people are making it out to be nowadays. Like, yeah, it, it was. It was. You, you had people going, "Oh yeah, well we want trophies now. We want success now." So we won Ancelotti, and then and you Klopp had other... just come off the back of this horrendous season at Dortmund. Yeah, it was straight after that, and nobody—well, I say nobody—but nobody had him as like the outstanding hundred percent choice. I didn't. I I wanted Klopp, but I could see the appeal of having a couple of years of Ancelotti, and you know him just getting what he wanted and getting you potentially a league title in in two or three years. I can see why people wanted that. I personally wanted the progression and the, the, the style of football that Klopp had. Yeah, I, I, think... mean, we, I mean, we had people suggesting fucking Fabio Capello at the time as well. Um, if you remember around <laughs> those times. So, like, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't that straightforward, man. As much as people like to pretend it was, it really wasn't. No. Like, and at down the road, they've had to like insist on doing things their way with 
you know, the Julian Brandts and the, the Mario Goethe's um Hamad Salas and Sadio Mane's of the world. Um so it hasn't just been kind of plain sailing clubs came in and completely changed the club. He's completely changed the atmosphere of the club and he's completely changed so many things at the club, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, to, to have a manager that's such a fucking beacon is amazing. Um but I do think that, you know, the owners deserve some credit as as I mean, we we are really living up to the brand here, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but we, we changed the structure. Klopp obviously wanted a structure in place and we've I know we basically renamed the transfer committee as it were just because Well yeah, there is literally the a transfer negative, committee still. <laughs> the, the negative um connotations to those two words together had generated over a couple of years because there was just some fucking idiot uh, managing the t- team at the time because um, Brendan Rodgers great coach absolute dickhead when it comes to transfers oh did you see that clip off player. another podcast the other day no there was a guy he, it was a TikTok actually on Twitter but it, it came from a podcast and it was a guy who must have played for him at Redden <laughs> fucking hell I, and he said something along the lines of, um, he just basically said he's a great manager, like he knows what he's doing, but he's a he's just a gimp, essentially. Um, and he said he 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 scored he scored in two of his first three games or something along along the lines of that, and it got to the midway point of the season, and they were bottom of the league. And he said he went he went into a meeting with them and he sat down. And he just basically went like, "What's what? You know, what, what's the crack? Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting any game time. I, I, I think I deserve game time. Blah, 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 blah." And apparently, Brendan Rodgers just turned around, looked down at his belt, and just went, "Gucci belt." And that was it. it was Brendan Rodgers thing. I he just, he, he, he said exactly what Liverpool fans have been saying for years: is he's just essentially David Brent. Yeah, like, yeah that's that, the man who's worked for him. Just an utter gobshite. <laughs> Absolute gobshite. He's a proper unique individual. Like you, you can kind of enjoy him when he's not managing you. Yeah. Like but the, the thing fact- is, it, he always does quite well, and then as soon as they do quite well, um, you want gone. <laughs> it, it's not. He just completely blows up. He implodes, and all the bad stuff just happens like the inability to defend set pieces being incredibly open and easy to play against it's just it just seems to lose everything that makes them good because he starts to believe his own hype again and but, as soon as he yeah, starts that... believing his own hype he starts changing things he wants to prove that he's a great tactician when he really should just do what was you know going well in the first place it was on the it was on the coverage of the Everton game yesterday that Everton have conceded like I think it was eleven set piece goals this season, which was second highest in the league. And that, Leicester were top with thirteen. Mm. It just turned around to me. That went easy. That was an issue with us eight years ago. How is he not? Well, did you see the Tottenham set piece yesterday? I didn't know. Oh, it's literally just a, a really not great corner into the box, and there's just nobody marking. You know, Harry Kane, probably the best finisher in the world. He just has a free run to stoop and head it in. It's just like, it's just absolutely horrendous. Because, like, I mean, Marco Silva got, like, a really shocking reputation at Everton for set pieces, which he seems to have completely turned on its head at Fulham. And he's done that within, what, a season? Yeah. And Managers need to take a leaf out of... Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool's book, and just get someone in to do it. I just delegate, yeah, just delegate. Yeah. Like if, if you're not good at something, you and you've got the resources there in order to delegate. Delegate. I know. If I was a coach, I, like when I do my, I don't do set pieces, obviously, with my junior coaching. That's a waste of time. But I wouldn't know where to start with it because I've never been a defender. I've never been. I would just get someone else to do it because I a would get bored of just planning set pieces. I don't think anything could be more boring, to be honest. It's probably the closest you can get to drawing up plays like American football, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's basically X's and O's. Like, you get the run on this guy here, or you cause an overload here, which frees this guy up here. And, you know, 
deliver the, the ball th- into this area. It's the sort of thing Nagelsmann spends days and days and days preparing at Bayern for them not to score one. Yeah, and then Klopp, me like footy, just fucking hits it up as high as he can for Canate, the big <laughs> absolute mutant. To just but at the end of the day, your your set piece defender. routines, your set piece routines are only as good as the person crossing the ball in. Which, well, yeah, pretty much, yeah, you're right. In in, in the Premier League, there seems to be this innate ability to just not put a, a corner past the first man. Very consistently. I do feel like I do feel like part of it. Because it does seem like the kind of galaxy brain thing for Liverpool to do purposely to win the second ball back and have them mm. end into their area. It does seem very Liverpool-y to do. Yeah. Like, you know, letting people shoot and trusting your goalkeeper and stuff like that. It just goes against the grain. Um, so, it honestly wouldn't shock me, but what we've been doing recently of that kind of basketball alley-oop up to Canate because he's just going to absolutely decimate whatever defender's yeah. marking him in the air is absolutely hilarious. Like, he's yeah, just, <laughs> just so good. He's so good. It's, it's just like, hit, get get it to the highest point possible and he can get it. <laughs> like, um, But yeah, anyway, moving on from transfers and stuff like that, back to reality. Um... What's the score predictions for a VRL then? Oh, yeah, I need to create. As I mentioned, Shane's was 1 0, wasn't it? Diaz. Yeah, he did um, do one for the other game as well, didn't he? He did. Um, I think for VRL, I'll probably go for. Uh, um, I think I'll go 2 1. Jota. You cannot have Jota, I'm afraid. Fuck! Did I do it? Did, did, did you put in for Newcastle. Game? You put in for Newcastle. And he missed. He missed that one on one. What a bastard! He did. He did. The worst one on one miss I've seen for a long time. Oh, um. Oh, bollocks! I didn't really think <laughs> I had, did I? Um. I will go for. Um, <laughs> will he start Milner? Do you reckon he'll start? No, I don't think he'll start. No, he's only... I was going to go penalties. I, um, I think Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. I'm going on Salah then. I was going to go with him. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0, Salah. Right, so we don't... No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to say 3-0. Oh. Oh, no. I, think we'll get... I think it's going to be attacking masterclass. Um... And then we have Tottenham Hotspurs. Shane said 2-1. Salah? Why does Shane like predict the most stressful games? I'm going to go 3-1 Mane. 3-1 Mane, yeah. I'm going to go 2-0. And I'm going to go... You're going to go Van Dijk, aren't you? Ooh, that's a shout. I'm gonna go. Matip. Oh, I'm go Matip. winning the league if he scores first on Saturday. Heard it I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go Matip, and then I'm gonna bag see that if Matip doesn't start, Canate. Okay, yeah. I'll put. I'll just put RCB. Yeah, yeah, not Van Dijk. Yeah, RCB. Uh, current um table. I'm third with 45. My little run at the top has come crashing down, mainly because you have had two correct scores and a correct results margin in a row oh. now. You had Everton 2-0, Villarreal 2-0, Newcastle 2-1. So you've 25 points you've got in the last three games. Yeah, I was thinking 2-0, 2-0, that's, like, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Shane had 2-0, Villarreal 1-0, Newcastle. So he's had 20... Oh. One points, I'd say two points on three games, and in the last three games I've had nine. So that's been the difference. So I'm on forty-five in third. Shane second, fifty-four, and you're top by four points, fifty-eight. Hopefully, in the, I am in the, the only Manchester. league, in the only league that matters. I know, I'm the target. Um, it's quite devastating, really. I really enjoyed being near the top. 
or, or top. So I need, I need a masterclass tomorrow and Saturday. If I've got any chance of winning this. Right. Well, the listeners can take note. Note it in your calendars for the weekend. The one that matters. We've only got what? About five, six games left. I don't even know. We've got four I mean, in the league. Potentially two in the so seven. So seven City games. only have so City only have are they do they play Villa at the Etihad or at Villa Park? Etihad. Uh see I thought it was Villa Park. No, uh, that's not what's happening then. No. Um, so that's our, that's our last game though, so Yeah. Just don't want them to do what Brighton did and take the lead on that last game for mm. three for three minutes. Well, to be fair though, it'll do us. Seven games we get through to the final, I think. Yes. The Champions League. Yeah. Sorry, I was just double checking. Yeah, seven games. Been third before and come back stronger, so mm. Nice, well, we'll see. You'll get an update next time. But yeah, I guess once again, it's been an emotional week. It's going to be another emotional week, followed by an emotional week and then another emotional week. So, <sighs> got to get through these emotional weeks. Um, I, can't, I can't wait till next season where it's just one game. One game we have to talk about. Well, yeah, we, we've, we've started the pod again at like the worst possible. I mean, it's quite a good time to start the podcast because you've got a lot to talk about, but, like... Yeah. At the same time, it's like... <laughs> is it the most stressful time ever? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, I know. It seems as though, like, we just do it during the title weeks and stuff. It, it was our fault, Van Zyke got injured, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, But, yeah, so next week, again, Shane is likely on paternity leave from now on. We okay. haven't given him that paternity leave, by the way. That's a Irish government mandated yeah, paternity leave. Fucking shot. As far as I'm concerned, I'm trying to get him back in the office, but no. no, no. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The law's the law. He shouldn't even have paternity leave. It's oh. men, men should just be men, Josh. So. Yeah, well, he's not He's not giving birth, has he? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, yeah. we do we do wish Shane and his partner yes, all the best. I'm sure everybody is wishing Shane and his partner all the best, and hopefully, can't wait till we get to announce an exclusive. I know, yeah, transfer exclusive to, to Shane new, family. New, new addition to the top red family. Yeah, um, new top red in the world. Pulling we are trying to get it. we are trying to get him to make his daughter's middle name Ulla. Yeah, whether whether he comes through on that one, I don't know. All didn't, all, see, yeah, didn't didn't seem completely against so yeah but um but yeah anyway thanks for listening as ever if you can give us a positive rating on whatever you listen to your podcast that would be much appreciated as well as um following the twitter at top red podcast but yeah thanks for listening as ever and we'll be back next week